Welcome to Hyperborean Radio, your favorite good fellow podcast. I am Celtic God, and with me today is the Lore Keeper, as always. Today we're going to talk about Walpurgis Noct, which is actually a holiday I really like, even though I haven't been able to celebrate it once in my life because it's kind of specific to Germany. What Walpurgis Noct is, is it's, um, it's a bit of a complicated mess, but I actually kind of like it that way. So on the one hand, you have, um, it's named after the goddess slash what Christians would consider St. Walpurga. And then it's also called Witch's Night, and it's also called May Eve. So you have a old school fertility holiday mixed with the witch's cults, mixed with this confusion element, mixed with the spring wild hunt. And it's actually a really interesting holiday. It's kind of like a spring Halloween, and it's even set up like the opposite end of the spring Halloween, which if you think about it makes sense because the two halves of the year mirror each other when you're transitioning from summer to winter or winter to not winter. That's when the the veil is kind of the thinnest because it's that time when it's not quite one. It's not quite the other, which it, it makes sense in the north, especially because you don't you have winter and not winter. You don't have summer, spring, fall, winter. We don't really have spring and fall. We think we do because we're told we do, but it's such a short period of time if you actually live in it. Um, so basically what this show is to me, it's about witches. Ooh. Yes. Well, and I think it's this difference between the common conception of witches versus what witches actually were. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. The term witch is very broad and has been attributed to so many different things. And like everything in the folklore, it hasn't stuck to a singular thing. Like there's elements of witch lore that is taken from the cult of the dead. Mm-hmm. So it's attributed to living people, even though it's stuff that originally was like the spirits of the dead and whatnot. But what most people do when they say, oh, I'm a witch, they mean I like pretty things and doing rituals and wearing a hat that may that witches I never am a actually female wore. priest. That's what I hear. <laughs> that telegram post. About why we don't need priests. Pagans don't need priests because priests work at churches. Churches Churches are are for for sinners. sinners. Pagans don't sin. We don't need priests. Pretty much. And and here's the thing. All these women that say they want to be witches, they don't actually learn how to do something. Well, I mean, it's like um, this is. And I mean, learn, learn how to do something. Learn all the ins and outs of it. And then I might maybe concede. Yes, you're a witch. But here's the thing is. You don't get to call yourself a witch. It's like druids or anything else. You don't get to call yourself that. Other people call you that. And when you can no longer stop them from calling you that, that's what you are. Well, that's like people started calling me the lore keeper. That's Mm -hmm. why I started using it. And I still don't really feel comfortable calling myself that. But from what I can see, I'm probably one of the closest things to it. So frick it, at least as a username online. Right. And notice we call you the lore keeper. We don't call you the academic. We don't call you the scholar. No. And that's the other thing is you earn your titles. You don't just get to go to culinary school and call yourself a chef. No, as a matter of fact, most chefs laugh at people that just went to culinary school and then call themselves a chef and will openly laugh at them and mock them for it. Or the city people that move out to the woods or the countryside and plant a small garden and call themselves homesteaders. Oh, I am a homesteader and I pay uh, one to grow my plants and tend my animals and take care of the the trees you're not a homesteader you're You're a a landowner yes very big difference people very big difference and that's the same with witches people use the term and don't actually do the thing because or 
there's also because the homesteader thing really pisses me off. I own property in this place where I don't live at. So I am a homesteader because there is a house on it. What? Or I own a home in the countryside and I have a small garden. I am a homesteader. No, you're not. You're a homeowner with a small garden. Yes. There's a huge difference between a homesteader and just owning a house or owning and living in a house and having somebody else do it for you while you pay them to do it. Yes. Well, and that's the other thing. And we've talked about it on previous podcasts. A lot of these people that call themselves witches, what they are is they are aesthetic pagans. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean aesthetic in like the spiritual sense. I mean, in the look at my glittery thing I bought. Yes. It's not action. It's all it's fashion, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really irritating to me because it's like the same thing when people try to claim they're druids. Well, and quite often what they end up doing, all these people, they end up doing exact. They will say, okay, well, the church says witches do this. Druids did that. These people did these things and those things. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Never once thinking, oh, the church wouldn't want people, you know, participating of heathenry. So they're going to make it seem absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the things we've talked about before, like the the jumping man. They claim it's human sacrifice. The guy that was positioned to kind of jumping yeah. over his plow. And they're like, well, this was a human sacrifice for fertility. No, it wasn't. It was an honored burial of someone they cared about. You freaking morons. Yeah. And, and they do it deliberately. Well, that and where are the other, I don't know, 100,000 or 1,000 farmers well, yeah, buried you- in that jumping position? over their plow if this is something that they actually did well and that's the other thing is if this was actually a routine human sacrifice there would be many examples of this not just one yeah they wouldn't have to um they wouldn't have to stretch it it would become obvious but there are obvious human sacrifices and people ignore them executions in prisons or uh the witch trials because yes. pretty much all of those were sacrifices to the, the Christian God, not the heathen gods. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that I really want to bring up because talking about the witch trials and what happened has kind of become taboo in heathen circles because it basically what it turned into was, oh, those freaking Wiccans talking about all the witches that burned. And uh, we don't want to just sound like we're a bunch of complainers. And I understand that to an extent. There were millions of people, and they weren't just killed. They were tortured first. Well, you see, um, Oily Josh suffered for your sins. This is something that you want to bring up. The Christians talk about how Oily Josh suffered for the sins of the people. Well, what about all of the Hyperboreans that suffered for Christianity? Yeah, because like, this is actually from my witches article, which was in our Halloween, um, our Halloween Wilder Times. And I want to actually read this passage from it. It actually was me summarizing an example. This wasn't even the most extreme example. I kind of went middle of the road just to deliver a point, but this is the example of Magdalena Bowman from 1747. She never confessed to being a witch. So she was basically tortured because she wouldn't admit to being a witch. Does that sound familiar to people? She was tortured on the rack and on the block, which look that up. If you don't know what they are, look them up. Because that's actually what they're called, the rack and And the block. block. And you probably have to put the word torture with it. Yes. Thumb screws were put to her. That one should take no explanation. And then her genitals were pierced with needles. 
as torture. Imagine that. It's, and then, and then this is the best part. Then her genitals were found to be swollen, which was taken as proof that she was had had sex with the devil. I mean, it couldn't have been that you just probably gave her a massive infection from, you know, impaling her genitalia. And then, after all this, she retreated into a catatonic state. So when they put her before the court, she was unresponsive. And they believed that the devil was protecting her. So then they dragged her down the stairs with a rope. And then she died later in her cell. This is, this is one of millions of examples of this. Yeah. Millions. Do not come to me and talk to me about how oily Josh suffered for my sins. He didn't. And if anything, our people suffered for his sins. And we still are. It All is- right. Show over. That's everything that needed to be said, in my opinion. <laughs> well, let's let's do it a little bit extra. Because I actually want to get into witch cults. Because I wrote an entire article on it. It actually made me really appreciate them. Well, here's here's one thing. The church denial. They, they deny the witch trials and make them seem like something that they weren't. Um, they will deny. And, and I'm not talking about the church itself. Because the church itself admits it. All this information about the church that we use comes from the church itself. Well, it's like the folk Christians. But there's a famous, um, well, semi-famous Irish Catholic guy that denies the butchery of the Irish people from the Irish Catholic Church. Denies the mass graves. Well, of course it's a mass grave because it was a graveyard. Well, hey, dude, what about the thousands of body bodies found in the sewer? The dead children just tossed into heaps in the sewers. Is that just natural burial? They, they deny all of these things and pretend. And now when you bring them up, they pretend that's just anti-church propaganda. Well, it basically turns into, well, of course, someone would say something bad about me. I'm me. Mm-hmm. Well, all the all the while, while that guy would most likely gladly tie me to a stake and burn me alive as a witch. Well, yeah. They're already but start- to be fair, I would gladly break his arm and break his break his voice box. Well, like for example, the Christians have already started doing book burnings again, mm-hmm. going after freaking Harry Potter and Twilight. Not that those are fantastic books, but they always start with the least popular, well, or but- the the least. They they always start with the least and then work to the most. Well, and here's the thing: is heathens don't need to book burn. I actually, no. I actually get kind of annoyed when people are like, we should destroy the cathedrals. No, we shouldn't. We built those. Those are ours. Like, there's actually a really cool statue. Yeah, what we should use them for is learning lessons. Precisely. And a lot of them are built on our holy sites. So just let the forest retake it. Uh, or uh, we made a lot of cool art. Like, I always bring up that one statue of St. Bartholo- Bartholomew Flayed. Oh, yeah, the Flayed Man. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is so epic looking. It is a very pagan thing done for christianity it's it's weird because is it a christian statue sure is however is done in the most heathen way possible what because they aren't supposed to do that it's called idolatry well i think it's uh you shall not make graven images or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's actually something you can see this in islam you're not allowed to make statues oh yeah there's a reason why islam goes through and really there's no statues in islamic countries but there's a reason why is because they're not supposed to. And when they first take over an area or start taking over an area, one of the first things that they do is destroy statues is destroy statues. Which, We're seeing that now in our country, in America. 
Oh yeah. Well, uh, actually, in our countries, because it's more, it's happening in more than just America. Oh yeah, and they use all sorts of excuses, and what they start replacing it with is their weird calligraphy. Mm-hmm. What's the other thing? A lot of people would know it as modern art because they're allowed to to do stuff like that as long as it doesn't actually represent a thing. They can't make a an image of a cow, but they can make a uh, swirly blobby thing that would fit right in with modern art. Well, and if you think about it, what it basically is, is it's like, because I've been doing a lot of different articles like this. Like we started it. We started this podcast bringing up St. Walpurga, actually the goddess Walpurgis. Mm-hmm. So this isn't even a situation of, well, you see this, the, the church is actually our true ethnic faith. No, 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 no. What it is, is they ripped it off because they don't have enough themselves. If you actually look at Christianity, it's just a worse form of Judaism. Yes. Oh, and by the way, again, uh, for anybody that's curious, Emperor Constantine the first look up the year 331 AD. Why do I mention this? Because this is when the book was completed that we bind the Christians with. Yes, I mean they re-edit it every few years, right. but still. And that's the thing. This is oh, and, and the the writing contest is that what you call it? Yeah, the uh, revelations that. All the Christians, they love revelations. It was literally a writing contest. Whatever they could was the most useful for what they wanted yes. for their end times prophecy. It is beautiful. And the reason why I say to look that up is because so many Christians, and I know that there's Christians or ex-Christians that used to listen to us, and probably some current ones. No, it is the word of God handed to man, so on and so forth. No, it was written by the authority. And that's the other thing is... um. Or compiled by the authority because there was no such thing as heretical texts before then. They were considered heretical after that because, well, it went against the message that they wanted to push. Pretty much. Well, I mean, here's the thing. This is why pagans don't have to book burn. It's because, simply put... More information is actually better. Oh, yeah, even about other groups. Because, mm-hmm. like I've said before, I'm not against a pagan who reads the Bible. Frick, know thy enemy. Or reads other group stories. But there's a difference between reading a story of Amaterasu or Quetzalcoatl and venerating them alongside our actual ancestral deities. There's a very big difference. Yes. It is not the same thing to read a story about and even say, hey, that's kind of cool, as it's completely different from than venerating that thing. Because honestly, I like some stories about samurais. Give me give me some stories about those suicidal oh, uh, fuckers. What's the one guy's name? Uh the really badass guy. It starts Miyamoto with Miyamoto Musashi. That guy. He is a total badass. My favorite one is the most famous samurai that never won a duel. Uh Sasaki Kojiro. Yes, he's amazing. Yes. For anyone that didn't already know this, we actually do look into other cultures. Yes. It's just we don't incorporate them into our own spirituality. But it's actually good. It's good to do that because a comparative mythology, the way that comparative yeah. mythology is supposed to work. It's not the way that's done, but the way it's supposed to work is you look, you find the commonalities, and then you focus on the things that makes it different. Modern comparative mythology and actually comparative mythology was done correctly for a very, very short amount of time. And then they went <clears> because they always ignore what makes it different and focus on what makes it the same what you're supposed to do is focus on what makes this different from that even though they might on the surface appear the same well it's like one of the big examples people will point to well all the thunder gods are associated with mountains well not all but most Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that thunder and lightning tend to congregate on mountains. Well, and they also gladly make that step from most to all. People forget Raijin, the uh, god of thunder in Japan. and oh. Isn't he actually associated with the sea? Sort of. He's associated with storms. Susano, oh, I think is how it's pronounced, is the actual like storm and sea deity. Yeah, it's one of the few cool art pieces that they do because... Honestly, most Japanese art to me looks like somebody got really high and drunk and then did a pencil drawing. Well, just like they ate all the paint and then threw it up. Well, and speaking of that, but Raijin is not a prominent god, really. He is now, but there's even a specific point when he went from being a minor deity slash demon in Buddhism to an actual prominent god. And that was the Mongol invasion by sea because Raijin is credited with, oh, being with the, the turtle one. boats. I think so. But basically, Raijin is credited with being the one that created the the storm that sunk most of that fleet. Yeah. If not all of it, I can't remember. But And if you actually look at European history, like these witch cults that existed, strangely, right up until the modern age, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, one could even argue that they the last... Uh, Pretty much right up until um, community celebrations stopped. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing is... Everyone thinks the witch cults were a bunch of naked people dancing around a fire with a guy wearing horns or the literal devil and having giant bloody orgies. No, most of them were actually like potlucks or barbecues. Well, I thought it was when I was younger, I thought it was just the churches in my area being really fucking weird until I started looking at the history, the big, long history of things that preachers have said and and bishops and cardinals, the church. So when I was young, I thought it was just the weirdos, the the weird Christians in my area. But when we did a the the logging, yeah, the the logging festival, and everybody had come out, and there's food, and there was a logging museum, and we go around and sometimes build buildings, and then learn how to use the old tools, and then there's the competitions who can climb the pole the fastest. Oh well, this guy can climb the pole the fastest, but who can climb the pole and cut off a ten foot section of it the fastest? running on logs, axe throwing, all the great stuff. And people would come from all over to go participate in this festival. But every year, all the churches would say, don't go participate in the witches' festival. They was talking about the logging festival. Yes, the uh, celebration to Paul Bunyan, god of loggers. That was one of their examples of why it was a witches' festival. And it's all the heathens, and they, they call on demons and... All the same tired things that they've been screaming for centuries about festivals and celebrations, the churches in my area was still doing. As I got older, I started looking around and noticing other churches do the same thing for carnivals and festivals and everything that we like to do. And then I looked back in history and I'm like, oh, they've been doing this for centuries. Well, and people keep forgetting. I don't know why, because... Most of America is not Catholic, so it actually confuses me, which should tell you how pagan people are because they're in the the uh, part of Christianity that actively went against Catholicism because it was too pagan, and they're still really pagan because, like, most of America has always been, well, of the Christian variety, Protestant, yet our holidays are extremely pagan. Halloween, Easter, Yuletide, Christmas. These are all really pagan holidays, the big ones, even Thanksgiving. These are all really heathen holidays, and the church does not like them. They've never liked them. And when has there been a war against these different holidays? The last, ever since Christianity got in power in the 50s. 
But if you look at, say... Oh, uh, and then just like the Muslims and BLM, they start backdating stuff. Oh, yeah. They, That's they, why a lot of people think... Christianity has, has been present the whole time. And they'll do it in media. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll set something 200 years ago in an area that fucking hated priests... That and, was known for executing priests. But it's super religious. Yeah. And it's not. America was not very religious, not at all. That's why you have things right. like the Cowboys. But the liberals basically took the church's playbook and rewrite history. Oh, yeah. Like, for instance, I actually know some people that were in these weird Christian churches that actually actively go against the obvious heathen stuff. So instead of celebrating Easter with an egg hunt and an Easter bunny and all these things... What they would do is they would dress up like Middle Eastern Jews and uh, ride a donkey into church. Awesome. That was their Easter. Um, Halloween, dress up as Jews, come to church. No trick-or-treating for you. There's a whole there's whole books out there about not don't celebrate Halloween. It's a heathen holiday. Yeah. Christmas, they've been actively going against the heathen stuff everybody likes since people realized it existed. And this is basically, if you look at back, why the the same things they're attacking now is the stuff that got attacked during the witch cults, except people were more blatantly pagan. Mm -hmm. They still believed in the old gods. And the funniest thing is they would think they were Christian because they were. They they believed in Jesus, some of them. Mm -hmm. Others would call him the cursed prophet because frick that guy that showed up. There's a there's a whole gambit. And the reality is, is according to the church, we're all witches. They cannot suffer a single one of us to live. But. From the European description, witches are very few because they're supposed to actually. It has nothing to do with the uh, with the devil. It has nothing to do with pacts. It has nothing to do with weird magic spells. It has to do with understanding. Most of your witches were midwives or healers, herbalists, uh, gardeners. Even, like like they would grow herbs. Well, and here's the thing: tend that, animals. Well, and here's um, what's that one woman you you like bringing her up where she she lives out in the woods and. She has all these wild friends. Oh, man, I forget her name, but it was literally just... Or even what country she's from. Uh, it was Poland. She was this forest woman. She had all these animals that would just follow her around. She's a witch. Yeah. Or was. I don't know if she's still alive Oh, she's not. dead. But she she did die, I think, of old age, or at least at an old age. But yeah, she was basically considered a forest witch. That is a witch. You want to be a witch, do things like that. Well, I mean, I've even heard from people in like, say, and there are examples of this in America, too. But like in England, in a small town, people still go to their local, quote unquote, witch when they're sick or need something. The thing is, is it's not a pointy hat with a wand with all these other things. And if I've read enough of the witch cults and the witch There's trials a reason why to the know church that. wants the church. This is a secret. The church wants you to do stuff like that. Yeah. Do you it, know why? Because it means nothing. It, it goes absolutely nowhere. And it. It makes it blatantly obvious to them who to hunt down. Well, not only that, it also makes it blatantly. It makes all paganism look bad. Yes. Because here's the basic fact. Why would they push that you need all this glitz and glam and absolute nonsense to do your spirituality? Why would they push it? It's because it makes it loud and insane. All right. This is going to be a bad example, but I'm trying to think of, if you want people not to like something, what you do is you make it socially acceptable to be this thing. And then you define the culture in the most negative way possible. Yes. So 
if you actually look at society now, what are they doing? They are making certain things acceptable and then making them as horrible as possible. And granted, a lot of these things are things that we never really were super down with to begin with. Mm-hmm. But there's also other things like. Well, like with the current push, what it's going to end up doing is pushing everybody to the opposite extreme because they are pushing the limit, pushing the limit, pushing the limit on anybody that, that doesn't have their head up their ass and is paying any attention to society at all is aware of of the negative pushes and that they're trying to normalize it. So what's going to end up happening is everybody's going to swing to the extreme opposite end when they finally hit that enough is too much line for all of society. It's going to swing completely to the opposite end of that to where it's going to make the the witch hunts look like a a day in the park. Well, that's the thing. Our people are really predictable because we're a people of extremes, which is part of why, if you listen to our last podcast, balance is so important, specifically more than two points, usually three, but occasionally you'll throw in a fourth or a fifth. But our main balance system is threefold because if not, we keep going to one extreme to the other. Mm -hmm. It's like, why do you think the Abrahamics have kind of let all this liberal stuff slide? It's because they know, historically, if you look at our people, if they let it go far enough, we will swing back the exact opposite direction, and they'll be there and to catch us. And they're standing saying, we told you, and we can guide you to the light, and follow us, and we will make life better. It's the same thing that the Muslims do. Oh, yeah. Eventually, everyone's going to start shaving their mustaches, wearing really stupid robes, and stoning uh, prostitutes in the street. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just, all I did was show my ankle. Yeah. Uh, because it's yeah, it's going to swing all the way to the opposite well, end, and which already, is also not us. Well, you can already see it happening even in the pagan sphere. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why, like, to be honest, it, it, there might be some people following us that, that notice we don't share a lot of channels. People swing too far to one direction, either the really, really liberal side or the really, really conservative side. We are trying to accomplish right, balance. And the conservative side isn't even the conservative side. Well, the well, it's actually been pointed out, especially in America. It's a really bad name. Conservative well, means to preserve. Yes. Well, I mean, that's actually one of the reasons why America is such a liberal country. I don't know why everyone thinks we're really conservative. Like, no, we're actually a really liberal country. And the reason being is we started on what were effectively liberal principles of the Enlightenment. And that is what conservatives try to conserve. This religious zealotry has popped up in the last 50 years. It didn't used to be a really big thing. Everything that people hate right now is literally pushed by the church. Oh, yeah. They aren't accepting it. If you look, step back and look, they're pushing it. Yes. With When people look at anything, they, they look skin deep. Like if you uh, look at, say, Norse mythology, it, it lo- it's completely different when you just peek at it. Like skim the Eddas or watch a couple of YouTube videos on the Eddas versus actually reading the stories. Mm-hmm. And then from there, reading the sagas, looking at the culture, reading the folklore. It is an extremely deep and just that wing of it, the the Scandinavian and the Icelandic, because that's usually what people mean when they mean Norse. They're they're using it incorrectly, but they are. It is so deep that even if that was all I focused on, which is not what I do, I would never run out of stuff. Well, really, the only reason why we even know fuck all about it is because that's where most people start. Yeah, and that's fine. And, and you have to talk about things that people understand to get them to understand more things or things that they're familiar with. Well, and one, and I want to talk a bit more about the witch cults, mm-hmm. but one of the biggest misconceptions about the witch cults is that it was mostly female. They were actually, from my estimate, mostly male. 
And again, looking at church records, not at, uh, I don't know, Billy Bob talking about history, but actually looking at the documents themselves or Billy Bob brought forth the documents and, and shows explicitly where it says this thing and then kind of ignoring his opinion on it. Well, and by mostly male, I don't mean like a 90 to 10 percent, because the way a lot of uh, witch cults would recruit is they would send someone out and basically get people married. So like they mm-hmm. and it is way more common to see a male recruit a female to the witch cult, which is what the church would usually term the devil was the, the male that would court the, the female mm-hmm. than the other way around. And that's actually part of the issue is what has essentially happened. If you look at actually the witch cult records, the church's records and different descriptions of the witch cults, first of all, it was just straight up paganism. And it's not what people think with like banging the drum and stuff. You, If you were going to have an instrument in a witch cult, first of all, you're more likely to see a violin. Like I even did a post a few days ago about mm-hmm. how, uh, the, why the devil has a violin. But the, what they would basically term the devil is... Well, actually, the devil has a fiddle. A fiddle. Because the violin is civilized. The fiddle is the exact same entri- uh, instrument, it's, but is the uncivilized. It's in the hands of the, the t- good... The t- good the good fellows versus the good little domesticated oh. chihuahuas. Yeah, if you guys can't hear it, I'm rolling my eyes. Yes, it's it's audible here, but it might not make it through the mic. But most of the witch cults were basically potlucks. Did they have sex? Well, yeah, but how many people have gone to a party, gotten, even if they're just a little buzzed or not buzzed at all, said, you know and what? peel off and go have sex in their car. Congress. They go have Congress together. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people will talk about degeneracy. Here's my question. Just just as an honest question. How is sex in the woods degenerate? Well, how is sex de- degenerate? Well, that's that's the thing. But like people will be like, oh, no, the sex in the woods. How is it degenerate? I mean, it's not like you're doing it in front of everyone like the freaking witcher. Well, and here's the thing. We're repulsed by by that idea in general. Oh, yeah. the voyeur- Most of us are repulsed by the idea of the witch's orgy where we're repulsed by the idea of human sacrifice. We're, human, we're, yeah. So that shows it. It's not what they're claiming it was. Here's the thing is if you think about it, it makes sense because we're, we've gone over this many times. We're, we're bear people. Even if you just view it as metaphor, it's a really good metaphor. Mm-hmm. And, and bears don't have orgies, by the way. No, no, there might they be. They do go off in the woods to fuck though, though. Isn't yeah. that odd? <laughs> yeah. We're not really, we are the most individualistic of all the races. It's actually, one, it's one of our greatest strengths and one of our greatest weaknesses. Because yeah. on the one hand, we produce more of these excellent individuals. On the other hand, it's a lot easier to divide us. Right. Well, and then there's the other issue too of when we start having problems, we withdraw onto ourselves. It, it's, Whether it's emotional, financial, something physical going on, we have a tendency to withdraw. This... In some environments, it's a strength. In other environments, it's a weakness. Currently, it's a weakness because there's so much going on that if we all withdraw, then we don't have any communities. Well, it's part of the reason why why a lot of things aren't working is people are not trying to actually get back to their nature. And this is actually... Well, and here's the other thing, too. Like, our people, we do not like people whining, bitching, moaning, playing the victim card. Naturally, we don't. There's a lot of us that try doing it, but... They don't even like it. They like playing the card, but they don't like having it played on them. So anyways, with a tight-knit community, you don't have to be a bitch. You don't have to piss and moan and whine 
because everybody already knows what's going on and they're making moves to make that situation better. However, in our current situation, we don't have communities. We are separated. Nobody will know if you don't tell them. So then in our current situation, we have to kind of go against our own nature, our own nature and put it out there. I'm, I am having these kind of problems, whether it's emotional or whatever. But how do we balance that? I don't I don't fucking know. I know that we have to say, yes, my feelings are hurt. I have been being depressed because of this thing. But then at what point is it going too far into that just reaching out for help? Versus feel sorry for me. Well, and I think that's part of the problem is ethnic faith is kind of at this weird point right now. Well, well, I wish I had an answer for that, but I really don't. How do we balance that between reaching out and whining? You don't. What you because our people, we just let me put it this way. Ethnic faith is inherently very community and family driven. We are very much about kin. We are very much about being connected with each other. But on the same token, so many of us have complete messes for family. And I, mm-hmm. and a lot of us, myself included, uh, CG included, we've tried to take our direct families and try and not even get them pagan. Well, like you you had pagan beginning and then they... They wandered off and became very Christian. Very good Christians. Just trying to get them to see through the nonsense and got attacked for it. And I got it mild. I got it pretty mild compared to you or some of our other friends because what it turns into is the family treats you like the enemy, and and they do give you like a, a weird out where you can get back in with the family, but it always requires you to basically give submit. up, submit, and it's always the people that seem to be trying to get stuff together. That's kind of the issue, and it's something that they've been using against us for a long time: is go after the weak link and encourage it. Like that's how a lot of the witch cults got destroyed is they would find the weak link and then get them to give up names. Yeah. And simply put one of the reasons. Oh, and not only will you not be punished, you will be rewarded. Oh yeah. Well, it's if you look at the witch cults and I'm not trying to insult women, but fuck it. Most of the reason we have the witch cult is thought to be mostly female is because most of the uh, confessions we have are from females. Yes. Now, if you look into executions, the sexes flip. Yes. And what it is, is fewer males gave up the rest of the people. Most of them just would rather die than give up names. There's even records of that. Well, most of the executions were even executions. They were literally tortured to death. Yes. Well, like um, there were uh, there's records of actually a male escaping and going to the people and then letting himself get caught. And I think what it was, was he got out to warn them so they would leave. So they would try either hide or start plugging up loose ends to protect themselves. And then he let himself get recaught and killed to protect them. Because if he ran, they'd chase him. Mm-hmm. But if he stays and dies, they have a chance to get away. Right. Well, and I know what story you're talking about. He was also immediately turned in by the very people that he was trying to protect. Yes. And again, by the weakest members. So it's, it's, we know who they are. Well, it's weakness versus. There's a reason why we inherently do not like cowards. We do not like weakness. This whole, oh, the strong protect the weak. No, fuck that. The strong let the weak die. And protect we protect the vulnerable. The vulnerable, the, vulnerable the, the sick, the old, the young, the people that can't take care of themselves for better. 
better or worse. But the weak weakness is a choice. Weak is um, uh, worm tongue. Well, yeah, worm tongue and Harry Potter. Um, that fucking craven, the craven motherfuckers that uh, we've filch. seen in every movie. Those are the weak. We don't protect them. No, and we all know people like that. In our own personal, real lives, we know who the Craven people are. Yes, and it's one of the most unacceptable things in all of paganism, in all of ethnic faith, in all of our nature. We detest the weak. And here's the thing. People will sort of cringe at that because they th- they associate the weak with, like, wee babes or the elders. No. No, those are vulnerable. And I want to make that distinction. The cowardly and the craven are weak. The young, the old, and the infirm. And the weak are insanely dangerous. Oh, yeah. They are the ones that will stab you in the back. They're the ones that will kill you in your sleep or feed you to the wolves. Set your house on fire and lock you in. Right. Open the open the doors to the invading hordes. Argue with you, but Manuel makes such good tacos. Yes. Those are all the craven. But and, how will I get and, my kebabs without Muhammad? Instinctively, we despise the weakness, the the cravenness, these two things walk hand in hand, like courage and stupidity. They walk hand in hand out of necessity. Well, look at but our, so does cravenness and weakness. Well, it's like our leaders right now. Uh, not to get political, I try not to be political, and it's mostly because it's pointless, but Trudeau, Princess Biden, Macon, all these freaking useless, and for anyone who doesn't understand what I'm making fun of, Macron, Trudeau, Biden. These are some of the weakest leaders I've ever seen in charge of countries. And they're in charge of three of the richest countries in the world. I mean, just look up Macron. I mean, it's. Oh, and I promise you they're craving as fuck. Every one of them. Biden's at the point where it's basically elder abuse. But that's besides the point because he was craven before he was demented. Yes. And it's just getting worse because anyone who thinks Macron with everything that's going on in France was reelected instead of being placed is ignoring reality. Yeah. It's a situation that we have allowed the weak to rule because, and I've said this before, Christianity says the meek will inherit the earth. They have. Look what they've done with it. Exactly. The meek have inherited the earth. Look at what they've done with it. Okay. Show's over. We've said everything that needs to be said. Craven, the, the craven sucks. The meek have inherited the earth. And witches are supposed to actually know stuff. Well, and here's the thing is, a lot of times what people associate with witches is either ripped off from day-to-day life, the lore of spirits, the lore of the dead, and the lore of the gods. And there's a whole, you should actually look into, if you're interested in more obscure deities, the witch cult is absolutely fantastic for that because they will mention, like, Richella, mm-hmm. a, a, uh, a goddess of wealth, well, a, here's a my wild question. woman. Why, when I talk to giant air quotes witches... Can they tell me all about the occult, but they can't tell me fuck all about the life, the, the life cycle of a squirrel? It's because they're not witches, they're occultists. And it's actually... Ah, okay, uh, I'm glad that that's cleared up. Now I understand. So many things just clicked into place. Oh, they aren't witches, they're occultists. And there's a very big difference. And here's the thing is they're presented as the same in fantasy in movies in television and i like some of the imagery and oh yeah like tv and movies well, it's, it's cool it's creepy it lends to the the feel of it but i understand what a witch actually is so i fill in in the background what she actually is and that she's doing these weird ceremonies or whatever 
just so that the person observing doesn't know what she's actually doing. That it's it's all illusion. Well, it's like the occult. Like I really like the Hellboy comics. It is based on occultism. It is not based on mythology or folklore or anything like that. And it's occultism occult. is not ethnic. It is universalistic by its very nature. Well, people keep treating the occult like it's some sort of... It's ancient. actually Judaism. It's a, it's a wing of Judaism. Well, yeah, because the Kabbalah and pretty much all occultism spawns from that. I mean, even like the the supposed Norse occultism, it's just a wing of that. Right. Well, that's why you can find portions of, of every ethnic group in occultism. Because I've, I've had pseudo-occultists tell me, oh, no, it's ethnic because we can find Norse things in there. We can find Celtic things in there. No, it's in there because it's universalist. Well, and here's the thing is occultism has been the death knell of every single pagan revival. Mm -hmm. We cannot afford to let it happen again. I looked at a lot of contributing factors, but at its root, it's always been occultism in one form or another. Well, and here's the funny thing is if you actually look at like the pagan revivals and what they did, what they mostly did was community oriented. Like mm-hmm. there's some where they actually talk about, and I found this out weirdly enough. I don't know if it would classify as a pagan revival, but it sounds like it was, but there was one in uh, Germany and what it was. Well, some of the pagan revivals weren't pagan revivals. What they were was people just trying to get away from the church and return to who they are. So is it a pagan revival? Yes. Was it consciously done? No. Well, and you can find it in the weirdest place. Cause this, this example I actually found in a, um, a history book specifically about the history of facial hair in the West. It, it sounds like such a weird book, but it actually goes into like um, there were basically these groups of young men that were basing themselves off of Robin Hood and they were doing all these sorts of things and basically trying to. It was basically like middle aged Boy Scouts, but like with grown men and young men and they would grow their beards out. That's why it actually ended up in there. It was notable at the time because it was kind of against the grain of society because Christianity encourages shaving until it doesn't. And then it encourages shaving again until it doesn't. <laughs> it's basically when it gets so unpopular that it's like, oh, I'm hip. I grow a beard too. Yes. Which they can't do much anymore because right. most like of when, priests when, are white. When everybody's like, oh, Christians are bad and you can tell who they are because they shave. Then all of a sudden the Christians are like, oh, no, Christianity actually encourages beard growth. Yeah, no, it doesn't. In fact, because it's gone through, it's literally gone through that cycle at least three times that I can identify over the various centuries. Oh yeah, they're they're starting to do it again. Like they've put out whole books on the bearded. Jesus Christian. had a beard. You should grow a beard. Well, and actually, the reason the church Jesus, has never said that you should shave, except for they did. Well, it's actually a a thing from Christianity. Is the reason Jesus has a beard is one of these pagan revivals. Before then, he was actually often depicted as a child. Yeah, which is awesome. But they had to make him a bearded man because Hyperboreans don't want to follow a child. No, we have gods that are children uh, we ha- and have gods that are youths. Mm-hmm. But the, the children are more like characters in a story. It's pretty rare to venerate them specifically. Like Dionysus does appear as a child, but he's usually venerated as an adult. It's just yep. their stories, same with the... Uh, Hermes, same with a lot of gods. Uh, Magni, kid, but he's usually depicted yeah, as Yeah, he's an three adult. years old, but how many people follow Magni? And now once they do, because some people do, but they don't follow the three-year-old Magni. They follow, they adult, follow Magni. The adult Magni. Why do they follow the adult Magni? Because look at how cool he was when he was three. Of course, he's even more as an adult. Well, we even did a whole post on how he's the yeah. physically strongest of the gods. Right. Well, 
by the Icelandic. Yes. Or by the, yes, the, not even Icelandic, by the Attic, yes. which is Icelandic, but there's also just Icelandic. Yes. So once you're confined by the covers of the book, and we know that we made a lot of people angry with that, but we did say the Attic tradition. Once you're following the Edric tradition, you are trapped within the covers of the books. Yes. And here's the other thing is, I don't know where people are getting the term Odinic. It doesn't exist. You made yeah. it up and you sound ridiculous when you use it. Well, they can't actually say Hindu. Well, no. Because so- then they're they're exposing themselves kind of like the, the people that's like, oh, we're not Hindu true and we're not Hindu. It's Pan-Indo-European. Maybe we should change it to Urindian and people will be more accepting of it. Oh, yeah. Yes, please, please, by all means. Well, I mean, it's hilarious to me because they just keep playing. I think it's an excellent name to call them. Well, it's more accurate. And here's the thing is what they are is white Hindus. Yeah, because here's my thing is like if you're going to start pushing Krishna, I have a question. We have thousands of our own gods. Why would I care about a Hindu one? Exactly. But the Urandians, that is, that is gold. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that one. Urandian, yes, we will use Urandian. So from now on, the Pan-Indo-European people, the pie people, if they use pie and it's not pumpkin, they are Urandians. Well, and, and not to get into pie too much, but here's the thing. We have, uh, we have been posting for years now on lore. And we haven't had to touch the Hindu once. Yeah, I, I think we've been speaking in public for, what, three years? More or less, but the first time it was sort of off and on. But, and yeah, but even then, overall, I think it's been three, almost uh, four al- years. Almost three, I'd say. Uh, we're, Never once had to touch pie. No. Never once had to touch any of these other fill-in things. Here's the thing. Or, pie, or etymology. Never once had to lean on etymology. Well, and here's the thing that everyone forgets. First of all... When I've seen people use the, the pie or the proto-indigenous European or the proto-indo-European for what people say it, or some people will use pan, but it means, like you pointed out, proto-indigenous European. Right. So where most people, they think the Indo means Indonesian or uh, India or something like right. that. Well, they think it means Indonesia there. They also think India means Indonesian, which I'm is pretty sure confusing. is not correct. But yes, that's what they think it means. It actually means indigenous, which is innocent in and of itself other than what people do with it. Well, and here's the thing is when people try to draw parallels with the pie stuff, all they do is it's pointless. They add in the Iranian and the the Hindu stuff, but everything they're talking about, the only areas that have the consistent similarity are European. They are mm-hmm. the Hyperborean northern areas. They don't actually get into these other areas. And that similarity, not to be confused with same. Well, and here's the thing is like the Ainu. The Ainu were white. None of their stuff really, at least mo- what you could get a hold of, but is usable. But the only thing that they had in common uh, along those lines is the bear cult. Bear cult and owl cult. Because we also have a bird oh, cult. I didn't know that they had an owl cult. Well, they had uh, the owl god was very important. But it's not the same owl or bear. And we don't know how much by the time stuff was written down that it was affected by the Japanese mythology. Right, because there was, um, by the time the stuff started getting written down, there was some serious fuckery. And it's even commented on when you look at the historic records of the Ainu and the, the people that's writing them down is they noticed there were a lot of half-breeds. Oh, yeah. they don't even, We don't even know if there were any purebreds left. Because it's one of the problems that people can have is they'll go somewhere and the stuff that are like 
10% non the purebred will be the closest thing to purebred in the area. So they'll think those are the purebreds because mm-hmm. they seem the most consistent. And it's actually something that it's why I emphasize things like the witch cults, the wilderman, the bear cults, animism, these things that are inherently European and are immense parts of our ethnic faith, the ancestor veneration, mm-hmm. the cult of the dead. These things are quintessentially European and they are hyper important. And they get ignored, and then not only do they get ignored, but then our gods get ignored. Here's what I want to uh, propose to people. For anyone who doesn't know what Walpurgis Noct is, we have one, soon going to be two articles on Walpurgis Noct and witches on the wilderhomesproject.life uh, archive. I'm going to give you a spoiler. It's a festival. Yes. Uh, here's my proposition for people. Use, today, use that day, which is... Uh, May Eve, or uh, the last day basically of April, to remember all the people that came before. Don't use it to wallow in pity. Don't use it for that. But if they're going to give us a holiday called Witches' Night, even though if I think it's personally... Well, shit, I would, I would herald the strength and the sacrifices of the people that was that held out, that didn't roll over on their people, that were tortured to death. And I would herald their strength. And that's, thank them. That's what I mean. And here's the thing is uh, it's this it's the day where the veil is thin. And I, I wrote a whole article where I pointed out that I think a lot of it is thinking about the ancestors yet to come. But it's also a time just like Halloween of the ancestors we've already had. Because while Burgess knocked when they call it spring Halloween, they're not wrong. It is basically the opposite end of the same holiday. It is important to remember during this time, just like at Halloween, the ancestors, the our forefathers to sound less cringy, because let's be honest, ancestors has been used by the wrong people. It's been corrupted. Yes, it's a lot of words have been corrupted. So our forefathers and our descendants as well, we need to think in the continuation and we need to actually remember that these witch cults, they weren't a bunch of occultist that happened later the rich people that would use a sacred site to easter that was or uh to occultism uh, draws in the rich and yeah, the board and, and the, the the vulnerable actually the gullible yes but sacred sites to holda to easter to wotan these were turned into places for goitia for demon summoning that's why a lot of modern quote-unquote witches or occultists let's be let's call them what they are will use basically Goitia style methods to summon the gods. Right. So how would how would you do the celebration? I know how I would do Walpurgis night celebration, but if you had all the resources in the world and and the people and all that good stuff, what is it that you yourself would do for Walpurgis night? Or not. Sorry. Didn't mean to auto translate. I'm sorry. I apologize. I hang my head in shame. Well, I mean, I've been using Witches Night and not Hexen Noct this whole time. So we've been translating. Yeah, because that's the thing is I have no problem with the witch symbolism well, or anything like that. Well, if you just like set that. it up, what is it that you would do? How would your uh, Walpurgis not go? I'm not sure because I've never I've never celebrated it. My, my immediate go-to would be stories. Okay. Uh, tell stories. Feel free to dress up as stereotypical witches so long as we actually understand where it came from. Because like I've said before, I have no problem with modernizing imagery mm-hmm. like gnomes. I actually like the depiction of gnomes where the faces are hidden. I, l- I actually prefer those to the ones where the gnome's face is very obvious because I think it's it's like you've pointed out. 
when you depict the gods, you kind of want to blur their face. Not literally. Mm. Not like some kind of picture where you blur the face to protect the identity. Just undefined. Mostly, I would probably turn it into a semi-fertility festival slash remembrance day. Okay, and what do you mean by fertility festival? Just like Easter and uh, May Day. Okay. See, now what I would do is I'd start out early in the day. This is where you build up the really cool fire because it's going to be really important at night. If I had all the resources, which includes the land, so I can make an illegal-sized bonfire, make something that by night it's going to be like shooting flames 50 feet up into the air. So for that, at night, I would actually find a hollow log somewhere, and then that's going to be saved because that's going to be the, the big jet of flame that's going up in the air. Anyways, through the day, basically, yeah, kind of like um, I have a Easter-ish feel where there's games, hide things, and the kids find it. So very kid-oriented in the morning. And music, of course. There's going to be music, and there's going to be. I'm going to have the women decorate with all kinds of ridiculous colors and ribbons, and everything's going to be bright and all this good stuff. And we're going to play games and sing songs. And then as it starts getting on towards evening, and there's going to be food all day long, even though there's going to be like feast periods, but where you can pick at the food all day. But during these times, this is when we're going to sit down and we're going to have a meal together. You don't even have to eat, but sit down and and we're all going to have a meal together. And then on towards evening, now stories are going to start by this fire. But before we actually get full on into the fire, now the bonfire is going to be rather large, rather hot, rather red. So people's going to have to stay, stay the distance. And the storytellers, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have them put on cloaks and it's basically, basically going to be done like shadow puppet, puppetry using the flames as the backdrop and they themselves being the shadow with the audience sitting back and storytelling it doesn't even matter to me what the stories are they can tell mother goose stories and then once it starts getting really late we take that big hollow log and we stand that up in the middle of the fire we're going to break out the booze we're going to get the band kicking up we're going to start making being loud and noisy and kind of shuffling the kids off to the side because one it's getting late and we don't want them being stupid, especially around stupid drunk adults and possibly falling into a fire or whatever. So we're going to move them off to the side and they're going to have their own camping area, which is going to be, of course, watched over by a few adults that don't like being in the center of the attention. Anyways, people like me, I like to watch the celebration more so than be center of the celebration. And then we're going to revel all night long with that 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 flame shooting just stupid high up in the sky where they can see the flame from 20 miles away. Tell me that would not be fun as fuck. It would be. And that, to me, would be the Walt Purgus Knot celebration. And then, of course, the women would start stylizing it because that's kind of the thing. Well, that's why I'd let them do the... the the bright colored ribbons everywhere and just the over the top decorations is you require that during the daytime at night. We're just going to have just plain old revelry re- revelry. My, my country accent keeps trying to sneak out and I keep dropping letters and adding letters. But um, yeah, anyways, uh, we're right there at the end now. So you heard my, how I would do a celebration 
And notice, I didn't have any. It's okay for people to dress up as witches. Honestly, I'd probably mock them if they did. I'd rather just show up as you are. You don't have to put on special clothes. Just show up as you are. Why? Because it's a day-long party. But anyways, yeah. So I'm going to shoot out of here. I'm going to say, don't keep your head down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Stand up for what's fucking right. And I hope that you've been keeping your powder dry because we've all seen that shit's already hitting the fan. Yes, and I'll just say the witch's cult and witches are not what people think they are. And quite honestly, I'm tired of people turning them into a bunch of occultists when they were mostly just people who stuck to the old ways as best they could, had a potluck, maybe dressed up stupid like some of our people are often to do, played some music, loved, had kids, and suffered for it. I want to make this very clear. I don't want anyone to have a victim mentality because it's unbecoming of our people. But we do need to remember that every time we've tried to just work with or be aside the Christians or any of these universalist faiths, the moment they can figure out a way to get rid of us, they do. And they always do the same strategy. Appeal to the weak and bribe them. To use a term the Christians use, pieces of silver. How many of our people have sold us out for pieces of silver? Don't be that guy. Lord, keep her out. <laughs>